0: Hello, everybody. This podcast is Subject to Christ, where we focus on Christian living and devotions for life. Today's message may be a bit controversial, but that really is the inherent nature of what we're going to get into today genuine repentance and faith, and a picture of what this looks like. So, what drives a man or woman to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Some people come to Jesus in search of wealth and prosperity, when Jesus clearly said it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus also said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on the earth, but to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus put it simply, we can't serve both God and money. If you're coming to Jesus in search of money or worldly gain, you're sure to be disappointed. There are others who come to Jesus in search of influence. When Jesus clearly said, Deny yourself, take up your cross, and then follow me. Jesus didn't come to feed man's ego, rather, he came to feed man's soul eternally through his flesh, crucified for us, and his life giving blood poured out for us on the cross. If you come to Jesus to try to create more influence for yourself, you will find yourself teaching a very different gospel than what our Lord Jesus Christ gave to his followers. Now the list of reasons go on as to why people come to our Lord, but there is only one true reason, that people turn to Jesus and follow him. This may be why Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. First John 3, 4 tells us that lawlessness is sin. This means that many people will come to Jesus in various forms thinking they are doing the will of God when they really have continued in the way of sin with a dose of superficial religiosity. So, why then ought a man seek Jesus? What does genuine repentance and faith in Jesus Christ look like? Now, the answer is a lot more simple than you might imagine. Jesus gave us a vivid illustration of how and why a man or a woman ought to come to him, and it is simply a matter of life or death. Coming to Jesus for anything else other than life through the forgiveness of sins dangerously borders lawlessness, which is sin. In John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, Jesus indirectly communicates the primary reason and motivation that one should come to Him, and it is to have life in order to be saved from death, period. This is the simple gospel. Jesus gives two alternatives, life or death. You choose. Jesus alludes to a powerful story that illustrates the fatal condition of sin and the cure that God offers. Jesus compares sin to a deadly venom that will eventually kill the one it has entered into. To put it into context, because of your sin, you have been diagnosed with a fatal condition, and if you do not do something about it, the venom of sin will eventually take your life. The path to life, the cure, is simple. If you want life, run to Jesus as fast as you can and receive Him as the cure for the venom of sin because sin left untreated will lead to death. This teaching is often overlooked in modern Western evangelical Christianity and it is absolutely essential in order for one to have a proper understanding of the gospel. The central text that we're focusing on comes from John three fourteen through 15. And that text says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So the context of this story brings us into the book of Numbers in the Old Testament. In chapter 21, and it is a type and shadow of Jesus' crucifixion and the forgiveness of sins. Understanding this story in light of Jesus' words in John chapter 3 is absolutely critical in the formation of right understanding. In Numbers 21, 4-9, through nine, we find the Israelites wandering through the desert in hopes of being led to the promised land, but their unbelief led them to a harsh trial. So I'll read through Numbers 21, 4-9. through nine. Wow. Now this was a plague of venomous serpents that God sent to the Israelites as a divine judgment to ultimately glorify his son Jesus Christ. The reason Jesus uses this story in the midst of discussing the new birth in John chapter 3 is to indicate that he is the only way to life as well as demonstrate the type of repentance and faith that drives one to believe in him. This story vividly illustrates the manner in which we ought to come to him, which should be with life-threatening urgency. In this story, the fiery serpents are likened to death, and their venomous bite can be compared to sin. Let me say that again, because this is important. In this story, the fiery serpents are likened to death, and their venomous bite is compared to sin. A snake's bite could be considered its sting, since the venom is delivered through a snake's bite. This language is consistent with Paul's letter to the Corinthians when he said that the sting of death is sin, 1 Corinthians 15, 56. Now, doing research into Elcott's Commentary Bible, it says of death and its sting that death is pictured as a monster, and it is armed with a sting. Its sting is sin. If there were no sin, death would not be capable of inflicting pain. Let me say that again. If there were no sin, death would not be capable of inflicting pain. Now you might ask yourself why that would be. Well, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. That all have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have earned death through our sin, because of sin. So because of sin, there is a sting in death. But through Jesus, we have life because he died for our sins. So death no longer has a sting, but is just the next step in eternal life so that we will dwell in the presence of our Lord forever. In this Old Testament story, the only way to live after being bitten by a fiery serpent was to look upon the bronze serpent that Moses had made and set on a pole. What Jesus is telling us is to recognize our condition. We all have been bitten by the fiery serpent of death, and death's venom, or death's sting, is sin, and it is coursing through our veins. It is only a matter of time before death's sting seizes upon us. And if not taken care of with a sense of life-threatening urgency, we are not only risking our lives, but we are risking our eternity. If a person dies without dealing with the venom of sin, they will die in their sins, forever separated from the presence of Almighty God because of unrighteousness due to sin. The only reason an Israelite in the story would run to the bronze serpent for healing was if they had recognized their fatal condition, if they had recognized that they had been bitten by a fiery serpent. So would a man seek a physician to save their life if they thought that nothing was wrong? The answer is no, of course not. A healthy person would not seek a doctor to save their life if they did not sense any mortal danger. We can see in the text that many of the Israelites died before asking Moses to pray to God for help. This could imply a sense of self-sufficiency, suggesting that the stricken Israelite pridefully assumed the venom, a.k.a. sin, could be taken care of in their own strength or understanding. One could imagine that as the bodies of their fellow Israelites started falling down around them one by one, when they discovered that, That nobody could recover from the venom, aka sin, of the fiery serpent on their own, did they finally realize that they needed God's help? So one could infer that due to their hearts being set against God, the Israelites stubbornly thought that running to God for help would do them no good. Similarly, if one doesn't recognize that the sin in one's life will lead to death, one will not seek Jesus for healing. And forgiveness of sin. The only reason one would authentically come to Jesus is if one recognized the need for one's sins to be forgiven in order that they may have life and live, understanding that the wage of sin is death, considering that once bitten by death, sin courses through the veins, flowing through and filling the heart realizing the need for someone who understands how to heal the heart inside and out, submitting to the fact that they need a physician. Now Jesus recognizes that his audience are those who know they are dead in their sins, those who are seeking life, restoration, reconciliation, healing, and forgiveness. The Gospel of Mark uses consistent language to authenticate this line of logic. Jesus was questioned by certain scribes of the Pharisees as to why he was spending his time in the presence of these seemingly unrighteous people who sought after him. Mark 2:17 says, "And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, "Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners." Now let me say that again. those who are well." have no need of a physician but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus didn't come to heal those who think they need no healing. After all, why would a person who thinks they're healthy seek a physician to save their life? They wouldn't. If we think about the story of the Israelites in the desert with the fiery serpents, why would an Israelite seek God after being bitten by a fiery serpent, if he thought he was going to survive in his own strength? He wouldn't. Why would you seek Jesus if you didn't think your sins were leading you to death? You wouldn't. Have you recognized the severity of your sins? Have you understood that sin is like a deadly venom that if left unchecked and untreated, it will claim your life forever? If it is starting to settle in, Get ready to run to the cure through Jesus Christ. Now, the text says that after many Israelites had died, the people recognized the error of their ways. Now, their response to Moses was a plea for help and a confession that started with, We have sinned. There was a recognition of sin and a need for divine intervention. The Lord, in his grace and mercy, responded to the Israelites' cries by giving them one way to life, through the instruction of his word. This is a type and shadow of the one way of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord instructed Moses to set a bronze serpent on a pole, that whoever looked upon it would be healed. Again, only those who recognize their fatal condition and their need for healing and life would ever come to the bronze serpent for healing. There's a picture of trusting God's word that must be recognized in this story. And this is a picture of faith, trusting in God's word. Jesus compares himself to the serpent being put on the pole in reference to his eventual death on the cross for the sins of the world. Now the first mention of a serpent in scripture comes from the garden of Eden from the tempter. Jesus was indicating that he would be putting to death the works of the enemy on the cross. And this is commonly called the great exchange, that Jesus became sin on the cross so that we might become his righteousness. The Apostle Paul wrote, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. All one must do to receive forgiveness of sins and receive eternal life is to run to Jesus as if it were a matter of life and death and look upon Jesus' blood-soaked sacrifice on the cross as if He were the only way to life, because that is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John fourteen six. Genuine repentance is recognizing the sin coursing through your veins and in your heart, understanding that if left untreated will lead to death. Genuine repentance is a decision to choose life over death. Saving faith in Jesus Christ is trusting the cure for death. That is Jesus' atoning sacrifice on the cross. You must trust that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is enough to cleanse you of your sins, granting you eternal life. You must look upon Jesus as the Israelites looked upon the bronze snake, desperately hoping and trusting that by looking upon what God instructed them to fix their gaze upon, they would be healed completely. One will not come to Jesus with the right heart if one doesn't recognize the fatal condition caused by sin. We must look upon Jesus in faith that his sacrifice on the cross cleanses us of our sins. There are no works involved, only trusting God's word that the one way to life that he has provided through Jesus Christ is sufficient. Have you understood that Jesus has removed the sting of death, which is sin? Kind of like removing the venomous fangs of a fiery serpent and extracting all traces of venom from the serpent. Jesus has caused death to lose its sting. When a believer's time on this earth is over, they will be taken into the presence of the Lord to eternal and everlasting life. No more pain, no more tears, no more suffering through death. Death merely becomes the door to everlasting life and the next step towards our heavenly dwelling place with our Lord. But when a person dies in their sins if they haven't ran to Jesus and received Him to be healed of the venom of sin, they are condemned forever because they have rejected the only way to life through Jesus Christ. I plea with you to recognize that through your sin, the sin that you commit every day, like we all do, you are on a fatal timeline and you must act now, run to Jesus and gaze upon His nail-pierced hands. Look into His eyes and see the love that He has for you. Hear His voice when He says, It is finished. The debt has been paid for the sins you have committed by faith in Jesus' atoning sacrifice for your sins. He died on the cross to save you from the sting of death, which is sin. Come to Jesus for life before the cold grip of death snuffed the last bit of life from you. Jesus was buried after His death and was resurrected from the grave, ascending to the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to Him. He is risen. He is alive. We serve the living God, and He is calling out to you today to trust in Him, to receive life. You have been bitten by death. The fatal venom of sin courses through your veins. The cure of Jesus Christ has been given to you in this message. The gospel is a matter of life or death. Look upon Jesus, believe in Him, and you may have eternal life. God bless and grace and peace to you.